Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. This Saturday is the big day. I will be doing a panel in Panel Room 2 at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo at 11.30 a.m. So if you're planning on going, get there a little bit early and stop by. The panel is called Getting the Best Out of Your Classic Consoles at Any Price Point. And I really hope to put things into better perspective for people who are either just getting into retro gaming or don't really have a full grasp on all the things that you need to get a good experience. And heck, even if you're pretty sure you already know about all this stuff, maybe come and be entertained and learn a different way to explain it to your friends or something. But I really hope to see as many of you there as I can. I will also be on the Brooklyn Video Games booth for most of the show on both days. Um, I'll hopefully be bringing some toys to show off, like the Mega SD and some other stuff. Uh, So if you're walking around, just look for me there. I will be attending a bunch of other panels, though, because there's a lot of really cool ones in this expo. So uh, hopefully I'll run into everybody anywhere I can. But uh, definitely come up and say hi, because I always love meeting people. But let's jump right in. First up, Classic Game Store has just released replacement cases for the open source scan converter that come in eight transparent colors. So uh, if you'd cracked your case or if you're just looking for a cool aesthetic update, check it out. It's about $20 only, which is a pretty good price for something like this, and they do ship worldwide. So uh, if I get around to it, I'm going to get a blue one because everything blue tastes better. There's a new firmware update available for the undammed USB encoders. Um, Anybody that's not aware of these things, uh, I'm not sure if I've talked about it in the past, so I'm going to take just a quick moment to explain what this is. Uh, But this is a device where one end is USB, where you could plug in pretty much any USB controller, and the other end is Neo Geo style, so you could could use it with things like uh, super guns. This is the HASS here, the uh, home arcade system. And this basically allows you to use a lot of different controllers with arcade systems. Um, I absolutely love this thing, and I use it all the time, and I have a combination uh, at the moment of arcade sticks that I've just wired directly to the Neo Geo 6-button standard, so I could just plug it right into the Hass and not have to worry about adapters, but I also have a bunch of others that are already USB, so I use it with the undammed adapters, Um, unless you have a very specific arcade board setup. So if you're only using, let's say, two or three controllers, and you already have everything wired, and Unless you're in that specific scenario, I would consider owning one of the at least one of the undammed adapters kind of mandatory for people who do arcade stuff. Um, it's just a, a really awesome piece of equipment. Uh, you could program it very easily with a button on the back, uh, easily resets if you screw up the programming, which of course I have done. So uh, if you already want, own one of these, check out the link. Um, you can get the full firmware update. And there's a long list of, uh, of different things that Undammed has added to these. Uh, and if you don't own one yet, 
Um, you could go through the Paradise Arcade Shop. The cased version like this one is out of stock. There's just the open PCV version, but I believe more will be um, available very soon, hopefully even by the time this airs. So uh, definitely an awesome piece of equipment and a great way to use those PS3 and PS4 fight sticks on older arcade equipment. Next is some more arcade accessories. Greg Collins has just posted design files for 3D printable JAMA keys. And that's for people that use any kind of JAMA adapter um, to make sure that you put it in in the right way. Most arcade boards have just a, a hole where the key is so you'll know which side is up. Um, a lot of super guns don't. And if, in fact, a lot, of, uh, a lot of things that just use this generic JAMA adapter don't have the keys in them. Um, one very easy way to tell if you're putting it right side up or not is just look for the power and ground. Um, however, the way certain things are laid out, that might not be as easy as it sounds, or if you're using long cable jammas, whatever. So adding a key to it prevents you from putting it in upside down. And it seems like something where if you have a bunch of arcade boards and already have a 3D printer, it's kind of a no-brainer. I believe Greg will also put them up for sale on his site, laserbear.net, as well. Uh, and it's just kind of a neat thing uh, to have as protection. So it's one of those things where I could even see experts just rushing to get through something and accidentally plugging something in, like one of those JAMA extension cables. I imagine it'd be easy to plug one of those in upside down if you got a million things going on. So what the heck, for such a cheap price and such an easy print, you might as well make yourself a couple. A while back, Ray Command did a full write-up on an upcoming port of Mega Man X to the Sega Genesis, which I thought was really intriguing, because I always like to see how certain games would look and sound with the different sound and video chips of both consoles. And that developer has just released three levels as separate ROMs as a demo for people that want to try it out. Um, I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but it supposedly works on real hardware. Ray tried it himself uh, with an EverDrive and a Model 1 Genesis, and it looks to be pretty cool. It's far from finished. The developer just wanted to put it out there to show people where he's at. So definitely check it out if you're a fan, and I hope to get time to do that tonight, actually, because I'm really curious to see how it feels versus the SNES version. Next was quite a surprise, and I'm not exactly sure if it still exists, so bear with me on this one, but a seller on AliExpress just listed a Game Boy Color backlight kit, which comes with the board, the ribbon cable, and the LCD, which looks very similar to the other ones that are being built. But they're also offering a ribbon cable adapter that allows you to use it with the Neo Geo Pocket Color. So I took screenshots of it, and I wrote the article, and a bunch of people that I know bought this one. Uh, and then it disappeared from the listing. So I'm not sure if they tried listing it separately as just the Neo Geo Pocket Color one. I did some basic searching and couldn't find it. But um, So I'm not really sure what's up with this one. If it really is that easy, that's very exciting because this would be the first time a mass market product would be available for a backlit Neo Geo Pocket Color. Um, a while back, there was somebody on Instagram offering uh, the upgrade for like 250 or $300, something very expensive. So this kit's under 50 um, and uh, it seems like it comes with the LCD panel as well as the ribbon cable and board. So it seems like a pretty easy and pretty awesome upgrade. I'll keep everybody posted as to when anybody around here gets one and if it works, how it looks and all that stuff. Uh, and if anybody knows the seller or uh, could find a link to just the plain old Neo Geo Pocket one, I'll update the post again. But for now, all the info is in there, as well as some pictures of what they claim it looks like. So if you've got Neo Geo Pocket colors with dead screens or bad screens, or if you just want an upgrade, I guess, now here's a good use for it. 
It looks like the Mega Drive Mini is going to have a slightly delayed launch in Europe and in the Middle East. Um, North America and Japan should still get it on September 19th, uh, but those other regions are going to be delayed till October 4th, and they just said it's logistical issues, which makes sense to me. It's got to be complicated to do a worldwide release of something, but um, not too bad of a delay, and I think we should expect reviews coming in relatively soon. I'm not sure if there's a specific embargo date on that or anything, but um, I'm just interested to see how it performs and what the lag is. Because, you know, just the short, short version, the SNES and NES minis are not something perfectionists would want, and especially isn't something that somebody that already owns all of the retro gaming equipment would use. But I think that they were a really great item for people who either just want a shot of nostalgia or a great stepping stone for people to eventually get all of the uh, original consoles or find better ways to do it. It certainly didn't ruin the experience of playing the games. It just wasn't the best experience. And then alternatively, we have the PlayStation Classic, which is just a giant steaming turd. So um, hopefully the Mega Drive Mini will be closer to the Nintendo versions of these consoles and be a decent experience for people that don't have the time, money, or patience, let's be honest, to go through and deal with what it's like to use these retro consoles on modern equipment. The game Jet Hunt AGA was just released for the Commodore Amiga, um, and if I'm understanding correctly, which I might not be, so bear with me on this one, um, it's a game that was inspired by the Hero game, and it's been in the works for a very, very long time. I believe the developer first started talking about it in the 90s and then released a version of it for Windows 95, uh, and now the version is released for the Commodore Amiga. So it looks like a pretty neat 2D side-scrolling adventure-style game with a jetpack. Jetpacks make everything better, so uh, if you're a fan, definitely check it out. Cosmic Katamari has just released custom design labels for Extron Crosspoint switches. The designs are available for anybody to download, and they're basically designed for people that have a bunch of consoles plugged in and want an easy way to determine which button corresponds with which console. So this is both an aesthetic upgrade as well as something that's definitely a functional upgrade. That way you could just glance over, see the correct logo, and press the button. So if you own an Extron Crosspoint and you have a bunch of consoles plugged in, definitely check out the post uh, and see if you'd like to create the labels for yourself. And speaking of the Extron crosspoints, Brandon Kneed, aka Ratboy, has just released his version of the SCART to BNC adapters, and these are designed to be used with some couplers that can plug directly into the crosspoint. Um, anybody watching this on the video can see how they could all fit together and neatly slot right in, and that'll essentially turn your Extron crosspoint into a SCART switch. Um, now, even to make these yourself in bulk, they're going to cost at least 10 bucks each, I would think. So I would think that something like this is excellent if you use a cross point for many different things. So uh, you have a bunch of component video consoles plugged into that. Maybe you have a few direct BNC cables from your consoles. Uh, and you also need to integrate a couple of SCART devices as well, essentially making your cross point a, you know, uh, an everything switch. Um, if I ever have a stationary setup, which I probably won't because I'm always going to be tinkering with stuff, <laughs> but if I ever had a stationary setup, I'd want to get one of those 32-port cross points and just have everything plugged into one giant unit just so I could press a button and switch between. Um, but of course, you know, just keep everything in mind. Everybody likes to say these cross points are cheap, just buy them and buy some adapters. And while that is absolutely the best move for some situations, uh, when you start to add up how much it costs to integrate all this stuff together. Sometimes it is cheaper just to go out and buy something that's designed specifically for 
force cart like the G-Scart Switch. Uh, so by no means am I taking away from Ratboy's uh, invention. Anybody that has a cross point that's been looking to integrate SCART a little bit easier is probably very excited right now that I'm talking about this. I just want to put it all into perspective if you're looking to build your setup now. Maybe you're just getting started and it's very appealing that you could pick up a cross point for 50 bucks. But once you get through all the adapters and all the setup, you're almost at the same price point as a G-SCART anyway. So enough of my rambling. I just wanted to, to give uh, an even-keeled explanation that tries to cover all kinds of switches and stuff like that so um, definitely check it out if you already own a cross point and need to integrate some scart and i believe it even has the ability to have a sync stripper in there which is great for the few consoles that don't have any c-sync options at all here's something that never in a million years that i think i would be excited about but uh, mraddons.com has just listed an inline power switch that doesn't mess with the mister so all of the switches like this, um, anybody viewing v via video, it's just a basic inline DC switch. Um, maybe you plug it into the mister and then you plug the power supply into the other end of this switch and it's got just a basic on-off switch in the middle. You would think something like that is so easy to find because it just seems like the most basic thing on the planet. But apparently almost every single other one that the, all, the whole mister team had tested drops the voltage when you put the power line through it and it could cause some damage to the de10 nano it could cause some glitching basically you don't want to do that so mr addons.com has just listed a switch that does not mess with the voltage and is safe to use so that's pretty cool for people that want to leave the mr plugged in all the time um, i just i only plug mine in when i'm using it so it was less of an issue for me but i bought one anyway because at some point it's going to be directly integrated in my whole setup and a power switch is obviously a great thing to have so check it out if you have a mister and unplugging and replugging it was driving you crazy Yotego has just released both the Popeye and Commando Arcade FPGA cores for all of his Patreon subscribers. Um, they'll be released to the public eventually, um, probably once complete and tested, and Smoke Monster debuted them live on his stream last Saturday, and it looked really great. Uh, another advantage is when it's done, the Popeye core will also support a game called Sky Skipper, which is a really rare Nintendo arcade game that few people have ever played outside of emulation. So, um, you know, Yotego's work is absolutely amazing. I'm so happy to see all of these games start to get turned into real FPGA cores. And I'm just, you know, even though it's still kind of at the beginning of FPGA, as far as for the older stuff, um, it's at a point now where it's past, at least in my opinion, it's past the tinkering phase. And now people could pick up a DE10 Nano and just start gaming and really enjoy these. So giant thanks to Yotego. Uh, thanks to Smoke Monster, as always, for keeping us up to speed on all this stuff. And of course, thanks to everybody else on the Mr. Team, because there's so many people behind the scenes that keep this stuff going and, and add the little tweaks. I'd be here for an hour if I, uh, I really talked and gave the thank you that everybody deserves. So someday I really do want to do uh, an entire Mr. video that maybe focuses on the behind the scenes stuff or something because it's just such impressive work coming out of the whole team but once again thanks to everybody and i'm looking forward to enjoying myself some old arcade games the real phoenix has just released his version of the snes av socket connector um, the 3d print design for the plastic connector itself is available as well as the board design for the actual pcb that goes inside um, this is both available from his shop as well as 
to just download and use yourself. And of course, it is hard gold and beveled, uh, which is something that was missing from a lot of these. Uh, but now at least there's a few alternatives out there. I believe Renee from DB Electronics had one. And uh, I believe Buffalo Wing still has his listed somewhere, maybe retrofixes.com. Uh, and that wasn't quite a 3D print. It uses a different type of plastic. So there's choices for everybody now, and at least there's good choices out there, which makes me happy because I don't think a lot of people realize that some of the uh, the downsides of of not having hard gold or beveled edges and I believe the Retro Roundtable talked about that till we were blue in the face. So it's good to see people catching on. Uh, and as always, thanks to The Real Phoenix for his designs. Firebrand X has just posted a great guide that shows people which power supply they need to use on what version of the Neo Geo AES. Some versions require 5 volts and other require 9 volts, but trying to figure out which is which can be complicated. And to make things worse, I've seen lots of Neo Geo case swaps over the years. You know, a working unit with a beat-up case and a dead unit and a perfect case. Um, so going by the stickers on the bottom that say 5 volts or not, that's not really something people should just trust, unless, of course, you've owned the console since day one. Um, but overall, the best way to figure it out is to open it up and to look for the things that fire brand x point out uh points out in the guide and it's pretty cool if you chose to you could actually even switch some of the five volt versions over the 12 volt or i guess vice versa although i don't know why you would want to do that so definitely check out the guide if you're into neo geo aes and also if you don't have a power supply for it rather than mess with trying to find the exact original you need just determine if it needs five volt or nine volt and then go pick up one of the new aftermarket power supplies we've been testing uh, I don't think that we've put this on a scope yet. I don't think any of us have, but I've used it for all of my testing for the triple bypass stuff, uh, and that PSU is the same one that you would use on the Neo Geo, and so far, so good. Uh, I know that's really not the best way to go about it, but don't forget, I'm doing some pretty in-depth testing where if I saw any kind of ripple or noise, um, I would know immediately, and then, of course, switch over to an original PSU to test. But I haven't seen anything like that. So, so far, so good with these. Hopefully one of us will be able to put it on a scope and double check at some point. But great guide for AES users. So definitely check it out if you have one. Modern Vintage Gamer just posted a video that chronicled the history of how the homebrew scene got around Nintendo's CIC chips, or their cartridge security chips. It's actually a pretty interesting story that goes through NES, SNES, and N64, and how each of the chips were beaten. So uh, if you're into the behind-the-scenes type of stuff as much as you are the games, definitely check this out. And also, Modern Vintage Gamer will be doing a panel on the history of copy protection, uh, I believe this Saturday at 5pm at the same expo I'm going to be at. So... Glad he's not doing it at the same time as mine, and I'm really interested to seeing uh, the panel live and seeing what he's got to say, because I'm obviously a fan of his work and of what goes on behind the scenes with all of this stuff. So definitely check it out if you're interested, or live if you're there. Video Game Perfection has just listed McWill's Game Boy Color rechargeable battery kits for sale. Um, it's about under $15, including shipping, and comes with everything you'd need except the battery. There's obviously all those shipping laws now about shipping batteries. So if you're interested in installing the kit, you'll have to pick up um, one of the ones uh, that matches the same spec. I have both an Amazon and an eBay link in the description that matches the specs perfectly. I've ordered them both just to double check to make sure that they work okay, but by the specs, they look fine. And it's $5 for a two-pack for one of them, so it's certainly not going to break the bank if you want to test it out. Um, 
Also, the only thing I don't quite understand about these, I don't really get the allure of having a rechargeable battery kit inside of the Game Boy Color. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not trying to like insult uh, this product or anything, but I've mentioned this before to a few people in the past, and people love this idea. And I'm just not sure what the appeal is over something like using an Eneloop rechargeable alkaline pack. Because, you know, you could buy for fairly cheap and no installation. You buy a four-pack and a charger. When your batteries die, you just swap it out with another. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, charge, leaving it plugged in to charge. And then you just plug it into the wall. So if uh, anybody feels like commenting, maybe you could explain the other side of that to me. And keep in mind that I have been spectacularly wrong before on stuff like this. Uh, when I asked about why anybody would want to use the, the Dreamcast Pico PSUs as opposed to just using the original, I totally forgot that people that are using things out of region, so a Japanese console in Europe, for example, that would be the perfect solution. So I'm assuming that the answer to this is another bonehead mistake of mine like last time, uh, but just in case I wanted to ask anyway, because maybe I'm missing something, because I mean, there's at least five people I know that, uh, that have either installed these kits or ordered them from Matt uh, and are excited to have them in the Game Boy Color, and I, at the moment at least, just don't get it. So clearly no disrespect at all to McWill, to Video Game Perfection, or to any of my friends that have this installed. I just am kind of confused. So uh, hopefully the comments section will clear that up. QC Retro has just designed a 3D printed terminal cover for arcade power supplies. Um, and that's something that anybody that owns one of these Suzo Hap PSUs is definitely going to want to pick up. Because while on one side of them you have the DC power terminals exposed, which, you know, it's not good, but it's not the worst. Uh, the other side you have the AC power terminals exposed, which that'll zap you. So while I haven't been zapped by this yet, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. I guarantee you without a 3D printed cover put on this thing, at some point, probably at the end of a very long event or something, I'm going to be tired and grab it and not realize that it's plugged in. So um, anybody that wants one of these things, you can get them from Thingiverse. Uh, you know, and it's just, hopefully they'll be up for sale somewhere as well, because it just seems like something that we all should be using with these. And heck, even people with pets or anything like that, you know, you want to, you don't want to leave this thing exposed and have your cat run up and, and touch open AC or something like that. So uh, thanks very much to QC Retro for making one of these. BU has just released the latest version to the BeastNess emulator, which is now 100% bug-free with the entire officially licensed library, which is very impressive. Um, and a bunch more features have been added in, including official support for the HD Mode 7 graphics, uh, as well as some anti-aliasing features for those HD graphics. So I'm a, a giant fan of this emulator. I've always, I mean, I've been using it since... I mean, I can't even remember. It's been that long since definitely before retro RGB was a thing. Um, and it's just been such a big help in testing. And there's a bunch of really awesome new features been implemented. So if you're into software emulation for SNES, definitely use this one and, uh, and try the latest update because it's got a bunch of cool features. Well, that's it for this week. Once again, I really hope to see a bunch of you at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo this weekend. Um, I will be at the Brooklyn Video Games booth as much as I can. I'll also be doing my own panel 11.30 a.m. on Saturday in panel room two. Uh, and I'll be attending a bunch of the other panels there as well. I got a bunch of friends coming. This is definitely going to be a fun weekend. So I really hope to see everybody there. And as always, thanks so much to everybody who supports, listens, comments nicely, and all the rest. Thanks a lot, and I'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.